0: Welcome to the pre-show. I've got a little story to tell. So, guys, I all sent you a picture of a severe bite mark on my lat. So I was in the living room with my wife yesterday, and, you know, she was telling me to do something stupid like a wife does, and I was like, fuck you, keep walking before you get a beat down. And I just say that because I know she'll attack because my woman's like Italian, and she's just hot, and she loves to attack. So she was like, did that thing where, like, her fucking head came first and her body followed. She charged me and she tackled me onto the couch in the living room. So I immediately cinched up a Kimura and I had her and I'm like, just get off and I'll let you go. She's like, Nope. So I cinched up a little tighter and she just basically put her head down under my armpit and just locked on, just bit me. And she just held it there and she's like, let it go. Well, actually she was like, go. And I was like, no, I'm not letting it go. So she bit down a little harder. Go. Go. So I just held it there for a second in a stalemate and she bit down a little harder. All right, I let it go, <laughs> right? So I sent you guys the picture and then I went to send the picture to my karate instructor because he knows Delin because she does a fitness class with his wife. I thought they would think it was funny. So I've been getting a tooth worked on at my dentist's office and they confirm everything by text message. And I've been texting back and forth with them over the last week, but I also confirmed my karate private lessons By text. So I sent the picture out to what I thought was my karate instructor, and I get a text back. This is perfect dental. Is everything okay? Ah, ah, (laughs) ah, 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 True story. Showtime. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host aka Johnny Johnny Johnny, Johnny 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 And as always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster coming through in high fidelity. Evil Ed. Hey. And the podcaster playing the deep cuts. Dangerous
1: Dave Hello
0: And last but not least The podcaster Who loves to go out and watch bands
1: Beacon Stein
2: Hey
0: That was a strange intro (laughs) But you did send us pictures of you at a concert Who were you seeing?
2: Last night I saw uh Dave Matthews band and apparently a- Dave Matthews is not cool because he holds his guitar too high. So oh, shit. Yeah.
0: dude, that picture you sent <laughs> he was wearing it like a fucking violin. It was it's not
2: good.
0: <laughs> it was not good. But you said they uh, did a couple of good cover songs. What'd they do?
2: Uh, the first one. Well, they did uh was it walking around in circles, whatever with, uh, by Billy Preston. Okay. That was, that was good. And then, um, Let's Dance, David Bowie, which was really oh, fucking fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Great song. It's it sounded really good. Really good. Uh, you know, definitely a different take with the, you know, full kind of like acoustic band and everything. But um and then uh Cheap Sunglasses, uh ZZ Top, which was also kind of fun. So yeah, so it was a good show. And those were all three first uh first live performances ever by Dave Matthews band. So it was it was good. It was a good time.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah. Alright, as always, the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you the listeners to albums and bands which you may never have heard before, while also discussing the classics. And on occasion, we will ruthlessly insult each other's musical taste, haircuts, and whatever else we can pick on. So sit back and enjoy the show. Tonight, we will be discussing Blender, the fifth studio album by Collective Soul, produced by Ed Rowland and Anthony Resta. Released on October 10th of 2000 by Atlantic Records, the album peaked at the number 20 spot on the U.S. Billboard 200, which is very surprising to me because I did not hear a hit on this album. And that's not necessarily a knock on this review. I just didn't hear a top 20 hit on this album. Uh, The band's lineup was as follows. Ross Childress, lead guitar backing vocals. Shane Evans, drums, percussion. Ed Rowland, lead vocals, guitar, keyboards. Dean Rowland, rhythm guitar. Will Turpin, bass, guitar, percussion, backing vocals. Jack Joseph, plug-in, mix engineer. Richard Ash, second mix engineer. Anthony J. Resta, synthesizers, programming, Mellotron, drums, and, oh, on 10 years later. Sorry. Okay, so there you go. Um, let's do some band facts on this one. I just got one. Uh Collective Soul took their name from uh Ayn Rand's 1943 novel, The Fountain Head. So there you go. Fun fact. Dave, do you have any facts on this?
1: Uh sure. Yeah. The uh band is originally from Stockbridge, Georgia. And uh, let's see, Ed Roland is the lead singer, primary songwriter, and co producer. I think somebody's a control freak here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, lead guitarist Ross Childress left the band in 2001 after this album. Nice, nice.
0: Um, Ed, what do you got?
3: Uh, Ed Roland is a Berkeley guy, just like our fellow member dave nice so uh huh? <laughs> i'm curious if ed roland acre graduated because you know what's what's the uh rule dave with berkeley grads no nobody that graduates ever uh makes it in music you
1: have to drop out in order to uh make it big time
3: <laughs> <laughs> which i think is hysterical because it's like so many examples <laughs> so
0: true so true uh
3: <clears throat> so when um, uh, Collective Soul made a demo uh, before they were signed on an independent record. Submitted to 88.5 WARS. Uh, Amy Staling, host of Georgia Music Show at Georgia State University, started playing the song Shine uh, off the demo uh, and it made it into local rotation. Uh, it was an Instant listener favorite. The demo was also passed along to 101.1 WJRR in Orlando, Florida, which also began playing Shine, and it quickly became one of the most requested songs that led Atlanta Records to get the attention, uh, got their attention, and they quickly signed um, the band to a contract and quickly re-released their demo. Uh, which the band wasn't too happy about because it was just the rough recordings. However, uh, it actually did very well uh, going double platinum. Wow. So, yeah, for a demo that they did on their own, kudos to them, man. Hmm.
0: Um,
3: I actually, in just a personal note, I actually saw them open for uh, Aerosmith on what I believe was the first time they went out on a tour. Um you know, as an opening act. And they were fantastic. Uh They were little, their stage present was definitely lacking, but uh man, did they sound good. Super talented guys.
0: Nice. Uh And you know, it's funny when I was reading that um top 20 billboard thing, how they had the top 20 song. In my final thoughts on this, I actually wrote down, I didn't hear a number one hit, but I heard a lot of like top 25 radio songs. Like, you know, totally. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it was, it was a let's not we won't jump the gun, but it was yeah. funny that I didn't notice that in, I wrote it up, obviously, but I didn't really notice it until I read it, that it is exactly the way I heard it. It was a yeah. like songs that could make the top 25 all day long. Totally. Just missing the mark, though, of being
3: shine. You know what uh, I mean? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah.
0: Like they were so close to having another shine or two, but just. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> See, what do you got? What do you got on this one for uh, facts?
2: Maybe like Davis saying Ed needed to uh, give up a little <laughs> bit of the reins there to uh, right. beef those hits, you know, those songs yeah. up. But no, not too much. Uh, one of the things I found funny is people thought they were a Christian band, and these guys are definitely not a Christian band. But mm. um, I went down the road of Anthony Resta, and we talk about producers a lot on the show. And Anthony Resta's worked with some big, you know, big bands, Duran Duran being one of them, Extreme. You know, and uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, like, especially you, Des, as a Perry Farrell guy, uh, ever hear of Perry Farrell's Satellite Party?
3: Of course. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that was
2: Nuno's project with him, right? Yeah, yeah, so he worked with Nuno as well. And, um, yeah, so uh, I guess he he produced that album as as well, that uh, Ultra Payloaded or whatever, so... So, but like with all of these bands, he kind of hit them after their their prime, you know, which is which is weird. But they're still going, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but he produced uh, Dosage and Blender, and when I talked about it last week, Dosage is the album turning twenty five this year, and I really like that album. But but I like this one a lot better for some reason. I don't know why. But most most people probably like the other ones better than this one. But uh, it's definitely this more poppy. Was, yeah, yeah. Power pop type, you know, yeah. like good, good stuff. So um, anyway, you know, uh, he produced those two albums and those are the really the two albums that I like by these guys. The other albums, not so much. So, so I'm it's, looking forward to talking about this.
0: It's funny because in my um, in my replacing a member or whatnot, I'm actually taking a member out of Jane's Addiction original lineup and putting them in this lineup because nice. you can hear it. You could hear how it could work. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, any member of Jane's Addiction at that time would have been interchangeable here. It would have worked because it's just cool. You know, it's just kind of loose music would lend itself to that vibe. Um, all right. Let's do some uh, quick opening thoughts on the album. Uh, so, this was 100% a fresh listen for me. I don't think i had ever heard even one song off this album. Um, did I like it? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, Dave. Had you ever listened to this album before preparing for the podcast?
1: I have never heard it before. Uh, I'm only familiar with the uh, handful of radio songs they had from previous albums. Uh, This cover looks like a boy band album. It's very of the times, uh, peak 90s design. (laughs) We'll see how it sounds.
0: Nice. Um, Kay and Mr. Ed, had you ever heard this album all the way through?
3: I have not. Uh, I've actually never even heard the album Uh, and I gotta say uh, it was definitely the collective soul sound um, you know that I think is unique to them Uh, but yeah never heard it
2: glad I heard it I listened to it a whole lot nice and fee oh yeah I've I've owned this album for 20 years yeah yeah Again, I, I like it. I go back to it now and again. Um, I you know just a short story on this is I was in a used C- CD store. I think it was in Stoughton, Massachusetts, and nice. uh, one of the tracks from this album was playing on the you know in the in the store, and I was like, "Who is this?" And I'm like Collective Soul, and I immediately just went over and bought everything they had, which was like three CDs, and uh, this this being one of them. And been listening to it ever since. Good stuff.
0: Dude, that's funny. That reminds me of the scene from fucking um, uh, High Fidelity with um, John Cusack where he's like, ready, I'm about to sell a copy of Echo and the Bunnies. And he puts on people like, what's this? It's like, Echo and the Bunnies. He's like, it's good. Just like that. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. like, get out of (laughs) there. All right, cool. So let's get into this thing. Let's do the Fast Five. I've got a little hit song showdown for you guys this week. Uh, If you're not familiar with the band, I'll sing a couple of bars for you. and It should jog your memory. So here we go. Which song is better, Bye Bye Bye, or All the Small Things? Dave, which song is better?
1: Uh, um, Bye Bye Bye.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, which song is better, Bye Bye Bye, or All the Small Things? And I should just, this is In Sync
3: or uh, Blink 182 for the listeners. Uh, this, this is hard for me because both of these songs remind me of my kids. Uh, is, well specifically my daughter because she listened to this both of these songs on a continuous loop but based on the video I'm definitely going with all the small things
0: and feet
2: yeah, this is another tough one. I mean, I definitely, I, I enjoy the, the boy band sound a lot. Uh, but we'll go with some Blink-182 here.
0: Yeah, the correct answer is all the small things. That song rules. It comes on in my car. And I'm like, work sucks. You know, you know, yeah, I'm there. I'm all over that song. Okay. <laughs> Track number two. Here we go. What is better? Butterfly by Crazy Town. Or Arms Wide Open by Who Cares? This band sucks. <laughs> Dave. Which song is better?
1: Ugh, do I have to pick one of these? Oh,
0: come on. Butterfly kicks ass. Good. <laughs> no, Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure.
1: Oof. <laughs> I, I guess we'll go crazy
3: town because I, <laughs> you know, yeah. those other guys. No. Suck.
0: <laughs> okay. Ed, which song is better?
3: I like both songs, but I actually prefer Creed. To crazy town creed is such a
0: fucking pussy ass bitch band oh it's great
3: the singer was the problem
0: yeah the singer was the problem i'll go with because you on that. super Alter
3: alterbridge is fantastic
0: yeah i'll totally agree with you on that it's the singer that's a big old <laughs> pussy
2: uh feet what do you got yeah i'm going with i'm going with creed on this one
0: Oh, come on, dude. That's a, come my baby, come,
2: come <laughs> my baby.
0: Be my butterfly, my sugar, my lady. I fucking love that song. I fucking love it. Sh- Shady Shifty or whatever his name is. I fucking love it. And actually, uh, Anthony Kiedis uh, wrote the music and that song and gave it to his cousin, I believe, which was in Crazy Town. So that's actually like a rehashed um, uh, Chili Peppers song, which is why it's so fucking good. we have got to do a Chili Peppers album eventually. All right, number three, Closing Time or Creep. This is a tough one because these are both great songs. Dave, which one? Uh, creep. And Ed?
2: Yeah, I got to go with Creep. Fee? Definitely Creep.
0: The correct answer is Creep. It's a better song, but they're both very good songs. I enjoy them a lot. Um. Okay, number four, another tough one, Slide or One Headlight. Oh, Dave, which one's better? Uh, who,
1: who's the first one by?
0: Uh, slide by uh Gooboo 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 Dolls.
1: Dolls. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. I'll, I'll have to go with the second one.
0: Uh, Ed, will you sing a couple of lines of slide for Dave? Uh, so why uh,
3: don't you slide? Yeah,
0: Great fucking song. Uh, Ed, which one do you like better?
3: Yeah, both great songs, I think. Uh, but I, I think Jacob Dylan is the best Dylan. In uh, Wallflowers, I really dig their hits. I'm
2: going with One Headlight,
3: very yeah, cool Fee. song.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: W- One Headlight. One Headlight oh, for sure.
0: I fucking love Slide, and I love the Goo Goo Dolls just because these guys knew how to write hit singles, man. Like holy shit, could these they guys were write? They fantastic live, live too. Oh yeah, I actually saw him oh. with an acoustic guitar and his buddy on bass at a uh, on like some little TV show when he still had long hair. The singer, fucking nailed it, nailed it, just fucking great. But the correct answer here has got to be one headlight. I mean, it's a great band, little better than fucking Goo, Goo Dolls, and I'll give them the, just a nod for that. And uh, this one is going to be really tricky. Number five, Hey Jealousy or Friday, I'm in Love. By the Cure, Dave. Which one?
1: <laughs>
2: Going with the Cure all day long, and Ed, Jim Blossoms, and Definitely. Fee. Oh, fuck the Jim Blossoms! I saw them live. I wanted to slip my wrist the entire fucking show.
3: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, because the Cure because
2: cured won't make you want to do that either. No.
3: Nope. <laughs> fuck <laughs> they them. Totally do. Fuck them. <laughs>
0: So which
2: one is it, Fee? The Cure All Day Everyday. It's
0: the cure all day. All day. Even though Hey Jealousy is a really good song. And it's very uh hard isn't this the one where the singer, uh one of the founding members killed himself. It was a drunk and they kicked him out of the band, but he was writing all the songs for the band or
1: something. Yeah, I don't that, know. That was the guitar player. Okay. He, he was uh he was having uh some some issues and they kicked him out of his own band. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I always that song always kinda hits me because I know I can feel the guy's pain who wrote it, but whatever. Okay. So let's get into the track breakdown on this very complicated album. Okay. Um So Skin is the first track. And, you know, I tried not to hold it against this band that they were doing that thing that bands like Smash Mouth did where they had a lot of like too much samples and stuff that really like Pigeonhole them to like 1997, 98, 99, 2000. Like they definitely did it better than bands like smash mouth because they're a better band and they're deeper and their songs have more just substance. So, but it almost felt like all these samples and scratches, it almost felt out of place on this album. Like they were forcing it in to be relevant in the time because that's what everybody was doing and it didn't work for this album and it didn't need it. And it actually detracted from these songs, but I digress. Here we go. My first impression was how good the production was on the album. Very good production. Um, after this little opening guitar riff, the band kicks in and that's when I noticed. Wow. This is going to be great production. It sounded huge, um, but huge without a wall of sound. It just sounded like slick and big. The song definitely felt late nineties to me. The scratching and the samples, it didn't work for me. It's because just because it didn't need to be there. I mean, it worked on the track, it was fine, but it didn't need to be there. This wasn't that album. It just wasn't. Um, And, you know, the vocal inserts, these little sampled inserts, reminded me of a better version of Smash Mouth, like I said. And that's not a compliment because fucking Smash Mouth sucks. And the song is better than that, in my opinion. Dave, what do you got?
1: yeah i kind of agree with you on this one you know feels like they're they're doing a little trend chasing here um i i didn't like the guitar riff to open Uh, i didn't understand the lyrics uh oh no there's a middle section of scatting and record scratching this is really bad (sighs) random sounds throughout the song oh fuck more scatting now i know (laughs) why the guitar player quit after this album (laughs)
0: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, but but Dave, like you said, you know, they were trend chasing and it was hurting the album. Uh, Ed, what do you got?
3: Collective Soul has a very specific sound and I find it very hypnotic. Uh, the tones and the rhythm of the instruments, the sound of the vocals and their use of harmonies are all unique to them. I love the guitar tones in the use of distortion and effects uh, in the song. Uh, the baseline of the song, I think is great. The lyrics are completely over my head though. Like I didn't get it. I've read them so many times and I was just like, okay. Uh, but I think the song is different. It's cool. I, I dug it. I really dug it. I don't mind. I know what you're saying does with the scratches. They didn't have to be there. I don't think they add or take away from the song. I think it's just another layer and I don't think they were too upfront with it. I think more uh, Ed had just, I think he he had too much input uh, and didn't take enough uh, advice or ideas from the rest of the band, maybe. Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of that throughout the whole album, though. But I, I like the song. I thought it was good. And we did
0: this too, though. You know, with the Boston Brats, we had made a record that was very Aerosmith at Joe Clapp's place, you know, just all rock and roll. And then we got a chance to record at Sound Techniques in town, a big studio where, you know, all the big bands, and Durant's Dr. recorded there, Nuno, everybody. And we did the same thing, man. We put on the plastic pants and we fucking did a stupid album cover. We spent way too much money on this thing. And we chased the trends we know that you know all the stupid gay stuff you just don't want to put on a rock and roll album but in the early 2000s that's just what you did 99 2000 you just did that
3: um, yeah but it's still I think they still kept to their sound though
0: but imagine that song shine by then they had realized that that was a stupid <coughs> trend and they had ditched it and if you put all those little scratches and samples on shine it's not as good of
3: a song. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Right. But I think overall, though, th- th- you hear a song and you're like, oh, that's Collective Soul. There's right. never a hesitation.
0: Right. But this, al- but this album, like when I hear Shine, that's kind of what I imagine like they are. Like they're a very like, you know, kind of like that um, Blind Melon type, like grassroots folk rock, really cool, yeah, legit yeah. music. And when you put on this Smash Mouth garbage, it just kind of it knocks them down a notch to where they don't need to go. They didn't need that crutch. They were better than that. Where a band like smash mouth was like, eh, this is pretty remedial. We'll give them some fucking, some window dressing to hide the fact that this is a shitty song. So Fee, what do you got?
2: (laughs) That's funny. I'm, I'm, I, I was going to wait until the second song to kind of bring it up. So I'm glad you guys brought it up. But, uh, do you sometimes we talked about with the effects and stuff like you guys have mentioned like oh someone got a new toy did you kind of feel that way with this like somebody fucking got access and just mm. yeah oh the yeah two went, mixers. Went way too crazy
0: yeah you had the yeah. two guys that were doing samples and mixing it's like you could tell like they're like we want to be on the album both of us like i've got this idea it was just like oh guys pack it up and go next door smash Melters recording in studio c go over there we're making a fucking <laughs> we're making a nice clean folk rock album here
2: sorry right all right no you're good i regardless i'm with ed on this one i edit because my other question on this was i wonder how ed likes the vocals on this because they do hit some harmonies and stuff and i was like eddie that really likes this or he fucking hates it i don't know
3: it's, i love their vocals
2: Love the I, I think the vocals are really good. Uh I, I love this song. It's a playlist track for me. Uh I liked it even more with the headset on. I hear hearing all the different shit going on. I don't know. It just works for me. But
0: Yeah. I mean I like you said, I tried not to ding them for it. Like on the first boston brats album nick had a um one of those things with the tube where you talking to mm-hmm. it like joe Perry. Yeah, yeah so then we did um shuffling dice in that big studio and nicky got a new toy and it was this thing you put on your guitar that makes it sound like a synth when you play the strings and he did a it did the solo with that i listened back to it to this day and i'm like why were we doing this why were we doing this? This is not good. This is not good. So, I get it, man. In 1999, if I listened to this album, I probably would have liked those choices better. Uh number 2, Vent. And it was funny too cuz this album came out right on the edge of that stuff not being um relevant anymore. So, you know, uh number 2, Vent. So, I love the drums on this track. I also really enjoyed the guitar sounds on this song. Um, the vocals, really cool, has a really original feel to me. The bass is good on the track, and there are some really great grooves on this song. Um, I really like the guitar solo, but the sound was very, very thin on this solo, but it worked well with the track. I thought this was a really good track. I enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed the first track too. Dave, what you got? All
1: right, Vent. Uh, is this Marilyn Manson? Uh, b- bass riff is not too bad. Um, wasn't real crazy about the guitars and the vocals. Uh, chorus was okay. And um, the guitar solo was kind of undercut by that uh, vocal hoo-hoo-hoo section right before it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, uh, apparently, the song was originally titled Prick, but was changed to Vent due to concern from the band's record label, and supposedly it's about the band's tension with the label. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Wasn't this their Ed. last uh, album for Atlantic? Sure
0: was. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, the Prick isn't very edgy. I mean, you know, you a song <laughs> called Prick, I mean, that's it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like we could probably slip it under the radar. Ed, what do you got, you prick?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm a total prick. Totally. Uh, vent. The uh, this song is totally more of more of a dance group, vibe, tones, like everything about it right out of the gate. And I really like it. Uh, I like the use of two lead singers. I think it's a huge benefit, and I think they use it well. Uh, I think this song is very groove-centric, uh, really takes advantage of electronic tones mixed in with standard instrumentation. Uh, you know, and kind of like, Based on that, this is before kind of like this is the beginning of everything going towards like basically all electronic at this point. Um, You know, but I like the way they blended it. I, th- I thought it worked really well. Uh Again, another great bass line that really carries the song with the drums. Uh The more I listen to the song, the more I like it. I feel it's almost like an American version of one of my favorite bands, Jamiroquai. You know, hmm. in, in there, more of like an acid jazz funk band. Uh, not that, not the Collective Soul is, but it's got that unique sound where you hear it, you know it's them, and I dig it.
0: And I'm begging you to never pick an album by that band you just said. You, oh, dude, <laughs>
2: please don't do. do it. Please do don't it.
0: No. totally. No. Have you ever heard <laughs> Jamiroquai? Dude, well, I can't even pronounce. I can't even pronounce <laughs> Jamiroquai. <laughs> Hey,
3: Fee, you definitely it. can't read the name. You'd, read, you'd see the name and go, what? Fee, spell it.
0: Jameroquai. Go ahead.
2: Oh, God. J A M I R O Q U A I. Bingo.
0: Oh, I was going to spell right. it next. I was going to start with a G. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fee, what do you got on the song?
2: No, obviously, I love this song uh, for the same reasons. You know, the first like three tracks on this are really high energy, and I love the really high energy, uh, uh, collective soul stuff. Some of the other stuff, not as much, but, uh, but yeah, this is just fucking cool track. The bass lines are two for two on this, like really funky stuff going on there. I, I dug it a lot, and, uh, the, that breakdown in the solo I thought were really cool too. And I thought the solo was fit for the times. Like a lot of solos had changed in the late, you know, in the mid 90s and into the, you know, today even. So, Mm-hmm. I, I thought it fit really well. Yeah. Playlist. The, Love this song. The, it's,
0: it's funny. The album doesn't like something I noticed. As I was going through it. Like I mentioned to you guys earlier is there's really no hit choruses. Like the choruses are, they're decent, but oh. they all fall a little short of being like something I would consider a number one summer hit or something. But the mm-hmm. album has so much variety on it that I never got bored. Like every time another, another track came up, I'm like, All right, what are we going to have here? I'm like, oh, shit, this is completely different. So much variety. And the songs were overall good. And there were moments where I was like, oh, my God, they're going to catch it with this chorus. They're going to get it. They're going to get that shine. And they wouldn't, but it would be close enough to where I'd be like, it's still a good song. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those albums. I mean, it's and it was an easy listen. It was a very easy mm-hmm. listen for me. It wasn't a grind like that fucking Hoobastank album where I literally like contemplated suicide the second I listen. I'm like, I can't go oh, through fuck this. fuck
3: you. I love that album. So that, that, good. I'm guessing... Was, just I'm, that, good. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Jamiroquai next. Or, or
0: that? Or that album that Fee did by the Foo Fighters, man. By the end of that, I was like, holy shit. I've just had three birthdays.
2: Uh, I'm getting the feeling that Dave didn't have quite an easy listen as the rest of us so far. No, I he hated know. it. Not <laughs> so much.
0: Dave hated yeah. it. Okay. Um, number three. Why? Part two. Is there a part one? I don't know. Is there? Okay. I don't know. All right. Uh, so there, we get this... If
2: there is, I never, I never found it. If there is, I've been okay. looking for it. Yeah.
0: Um, so we get that super late 90s bass and guitar sound here. Um, you know, the one we get like that song Cannonball. I mean, I'd heard this a million times, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. And this is like, like I said on a couple of albums we've done, this album, though I'd never heard it before, it felt very familiar to me. You know, it just did. And it was kind of comforting. I liked this time of my life. Things were good in '98, '99, 2000. So it made me feel good. Um, it's mixed with cool vocals. Um, really subtle backing vocals but they were very unique and they stuck out to me. I was like, wow, I really like that backing vocal idea he's doing. Um, like Ed was saying, the lyrics for me, they were quality. I mean, I'm a lyric guy. Yeah, sometimes they got a little confusing. I couldn't understand really where he was going, but sometimes it kind of took that artsy poetry feel for me, and I appreciated it. I could tell that the guy really tried and really attempted to put it all in to the vocals and the lyrics and where it got boring for me and a little confusing. Sometimes it made up for creativity and effort. So I had no problem with these vocals or lyrics on the whole album. Um, But the lyrics, what I just said about the lyrics is what kept this album from feeling like a nineties cookie cutter album to me because it wasn't a lot of re- repetitive stuff in the vocals. He was really deep and wordy in the verses and it helped the album not be a cookie cutter nineties album, but it also hurt the album in the choruses because he didn't give me anything to lock onto. And that was a double edged sword. And again, I appreciate the guitar solo. Um, he's not incredible as a player, but he's creative and he's playing for the track perfectly. So, yeah, I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed the song. Dave, what do you got?
1: Yeah, we got some uh, downtuned guitars and fuzz bass. It's modern rock.
0: Nice, nice.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't too bad. Um, I will say the, the singer does have a, um, we were kind of touching on it before. He's got sort of a distinctive voice to him. So, you know, you, you know him when, when you hear him singing, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, This song seems to follow the formula of their older material, which for me is a good thing uh, because I like, you know, the older stuff that I heard from them. Uh, Guitar solo is kind of tuneful. Uh, This is the best song so far on this album. The little drum fill in between the riff is also cool. Uh, And the song
0: reached number two on the mainstream rock tracks chart. Wow. I don't remember it. That's so weird. I don't remember it. Ed, what did you got on this one? Uh,
3: yeah, I remember it once I heard it again. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this sounds real familiar. Um, but I again, you guys both said it. The song opens with uh, the distorted guitar, distorted bass, and I really like it. I thought uh, it was just a glorious song, and it, the distortion really added an edge to it, uh, and I appreciated that. Uh, I'm really enjoying the musicianship on the album so far, Uh, combined with the great vocals, melodies, and harmonies. uh, Honestly, I wasn't a huge Collective Soul fan. I I liked them. But after hearing this album, uh, I'm definitely a bigger Collective Soul fan now. Um, Just because I don't think I was exposed to much of them other than when I saw them their first tour. so. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, I really dig this whole just their identity, the layering of the songs. Um, for this, it, it kind of sounds repetitive at times, not the individual songs so much as I think their sound um, mm-hmm. at times. And I think it's just because it's such a unique sound that you can identify them right away in that kind of gives people or at least myself at times of, Oh, it's collective soul. I've heard this a thousand times, but it's not because, you know, as you dive into the songs, you know, in, in really, this one's a good example of it. You hear all the little differences and all the little added things. So I like it.
0: Nothing on this album felt repetitive to me. That was the charm of the album. Like I, everything sounded different and, but in the same pocket, but different uh fee what you got on this one
2: for me this is the track right here uh that was playing in that record store when i first bought these guys i was like holy shit this is good um and it sounds you know verse wise and everything's everything's just sounds so simple even the music you know and sometimes those simplest riffs that simplest sounds just kind of catch you the most and for me that this track did that playlist might be the best track on the album
0: yeah, you know, like, Shine, for me, was such a good song. Like, I really, really liked that song. And it reminded me of another band, um, Days of the New, who would do, like, Shelf in the Room. And these were really good songs. And like I said, this album just doesn't remind me of that. So if I listened to this album and someone was like, I want you to listen to an album and tell me who it is, I would have never guessed it was the same band that did Shine. I would have been like, no way. It's the same band? Like you would think after listening to Shine, like they wouldn't touch these fucking samples with a 10 foot pole, but they did. Uh, Track four, 10 years later. So this is the moment when I started realizing that they were not using these samples and weird effects to enhance the songs. They were using it because they just wanted to use it and they wanted to put it everywhere, whether it helped the song or not. Um, I wish this track, had come right in with the vocals and skipped this drum intro with a weird effect. It didn't. It didn't benefit the song. It just, just, oh, uh, it just didn't work. Um, the bass, drums, and vocals are so soft, and I mean that in a good way. They're so soft. I really like this track. Uh, the synth they put on this also very, very nice. Really good melody on it. And the different effects on the vocals throughout the song, like they would switch up the vocals from one section to another, the effect on it, it really worked in this for me. Um, I liked this psychedelic guitar solo. And um, I noticed that this song didn't need a huge hook to be appealing to me. So I thought this was a great song. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Dave, what do you got?
1: Well, yeah, we start off with this drum loop. Uh, that's that's actually a really good idea that you had, that uh, they should have just started right off with the vocal instead of, you know, yeah. this uh, business in the beginning. Yeah, I can't really understand the lyrics. Um, you're definitely hearing some, some Beatles influence with the sounds I'm hearing. Um, two minutes into the song, they finally drop the title, and the guitar solo sounds like Angry Bees but the song was okay <laughs> uh some of these songs don't seem done when they end uh, Notice they, they didn't really feel complete or they yeah. didn't quite wrap it up to yeah, uh like
0: dave sometimes it felt like they just pushed stop on the reel right reel. Yeah. you're done next <laughs> yeah well when that when that drum intro came in i thought i was about to hear another one of these like kind of like pop it up Smash Mouth songs. And then it comes in with this smooth, like classic fucking uh, collective soul sound. That I'm like, why did you set me up for this with that? No, bad. Ed.
3: What do you got on this one? Oh boy. Uh, All right. We're doing 10 years later, right? Mm -hmm. This song takes a band sound in a different direction with an acoustic based song that has a fantastic bass line to carry the melody of the music. I love the way it intertwines with the vocal melody in such a beautiful way. We are four songs in and I am so pleasantly surprised by the detail that is put into the music and the production of their songs because and I'm glad that I only listen to when we do this podcast I listen to everything with the headphones to really be able to pick out all the little things and what I'm liking so far the most are the different layers, the multiple guitar tracks, the little effects that are on everything. I think it's a unique uh, sound that at the time was just, I don't know, it just, it, it works. It, it, that's all, it, it was a great transition sound, at least in my opinion um from what you know the 80s 90s like well what the 80s were then you had the whole singer songwriter in the 90s early 90s then 2000 you had these <sighs> I guess the transition the hybrid of grunge rock that wasn't grunge wasn't the hair rock bands like this and I thought they did it really good justice and I just I don't know, I'm Four for four for me. Yeah. A lot to talk about on these songs because they're deep. So there's a
0: lot to definitely, actually definitely. like notice, you know, like, oh, I noticed yeah. this. I noticed that. I noticed this. I, noticed I literally,
3: I've never listened to an album for the podcast more than I listened to this one. Yeah. And I did it for all good reasons, but mostly because I'm like, like you said, there's no real like hooks. There's no, there's nothing that you sit there and go, fuck, that is a yeah. great formula. Yeah. It's just, well, this is a cool tune. <laughs> Yeah, you, know? but you never go. Yeah. Oh my God, this sucks. No, you, know? you so, don't. But no. you, you, but I would. N-
0: I can't wait to add this to my playlist. Yeah, see, I probably will nice. never listen to this album again, just because I really <laughs> didn't care for all the samples and stuff. It ruined the album for me, quite honestly. By like track five, I was like, oh man, they really made a mistake with that. This could have been such a better album. Just take all that stuff out, all of it. Just take it all out. And just give me the exact same album and it's 10 points higher right off the bat without even trying. Oh yeah! It, it, yeah, it dated the album and it was cheap. It was a cheap parlor trick that did not hold up over time. Yeah. It hey, works what for you me. got?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm with Ed. It, it works for me on this, but like this is, this is usually the part where I would turn off the album in the, you know, back in the day, cause I love the high energy stuff. And then the energy just kind of drops, you know, drops here. But listening to it for the show, I was like, I enjoyed more of the slower, mellower stuff throughout the week. You know, like I found myself enjoying it more and more. Uh, so this this kind of grew on me a bit. I felt this had the makings of a hit track, had they not doctored up some shit on it, and had they had someone else kind of rewrite, re- rework, or, or you know, just to do some things. Just a few tweaks, I think, would have made it, would have made this a, a hit hit song, but it's, it's okay. Above average for me, for sure. Fee, a hundred percent, man. So if there's a few tracks on here that are what you just said.
0: Uh, track five, boast. Um, so Dave, like you said, I like the little Beatles intro here. Okay. Um, this is a nice little jam. We get this acoustic and electric sections that work really nice together. His, his acoustic guitars are mic'd up really well. I like the sound a lot. Um, I loved all the guitar tracks on this song. Again, we aren't getting a huge hook, but the song itself feels radio ready. And this is one of those ones that if somebody played it for me and said, you know, where do you think this landed on the billboard 200? I would say like 25, you know, all day, you know? So yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, Dave, what do you got? All
1: right. So yeah, this, uh, this song is, is, pretty modern rock. We start off with the uh, chorus. Uh, verse riff is, is pretty kind of standard for for the genre of modern rock or butt rock. <laughs> I, I thought the drums sounded a little weird in this song. Uh, sort of off kilter like they weren't loud enough or the kick drum wasn't mixed right or something like that. Um, and I had a hard time with the, the bass guitar. It didn't seem like it was there until the middle of the song where they spotlight it, and then it it goes to the end, but it just sort of appears out of nowhere. And uh, again, here, it song just sort of cuts off, and I didn't feel like they had an actual ending. But eh, it's
3: okay. You mean it does.
0: If I don't let my cat in the room, he'll go downstairs and knock the router down and unplug it. So <laughs> to, And that would be the end of the show, so Uh-oh. I had to let him in. Ed, what do you got on this one?
3: Uh, this song grabs you right out of the gate. I think it's an infectious, upbeat acoustic guitar with a great full drum pattern. I mean, I love that drum beat. He's playing behind it. Uh, and the vocal melody and harmony just make you feel happy. I don't know, it just, it gave me that vibe. Uh, There's a faint low bass that adds an almost harmonic tone that's taken over by this fat guitar riff that I think is the chorus? Yeah, right? I don't know. (laughs) Should Uh, be. Yeah, right? And weirdly, there really aren't any big vocal hooks in this or any other songs.
0: Anywhere. But
3: instead, like, the entire song is the hook. Because I found myself just going, that is such a great just groove. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know how to describe it. I love it because it's different. But if you're lyric-focused listener of music, you might get a bit confused. Cause yeah, these these I'm not a big lyric guy. I love really well written lyrics and I like the way these are written. But like sometimes I found myself going, what is he trying to say? you know, yeah. but they work for the song. So I'm okay with
0: it. And over that guitar part that you're talking about specifically, if they had come up with the right melody and right harmonized vocal there, yeah. that could have been a fucking oh, hit. But it wasn't huge. there. But it wasn't no. there. Uh, <laughs> feet, what it do you was got? weird. Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah. See, I get torn on this song because I feel this album is full of really deep, heavy lyrics. And then you get this just repetitive So you want to, cause you have to, you know, whatever. And it, and it just kind of, it lost it on me. And I was like, is this a filler song? And then you hear the music and I'm like, this, this is no fucking filler song. You know, like this is, this is good, good stuff. I love the way this song moves. I love the energy of it. I felt lyrically it was knocked down for me, but, um, but overall I, I enjoy it. It kind of felt the, the, the heavy riff, the heavy guitar riff felt really familiar to me, like something that like. I don't know. I want to say something like Monster Magnet did back in like the mid nineties or something like that, you know? Oh I don't know. Yeah. Felt familiar.
0: Dude, Space it was good. What's that song? Space uh
1: Space uh, Space Truckin' something or other. Space
0: badass, space whatever, Lord. man. Yeah. Oh, space dude, that song is so kick ass and that video is so kick ass, and then the rest of the album is no good. Cause I was gonna pick <laughs> right. it. I'm like I'm like it's the best song ever. <laughs> but peace lord no, mother mother that's some great guitars on that <laughs> holy shit uh fee so that repetitive vocal you're talking about on this
2: yeah so
0: this is where the singer he was like this music track is great this is a hit song so he's yeah. like this is where i'm going to try to do the earworm thing and repeat a line over and over the problem was it wasn't a good line that was no. the problem you know yeah. So he heard something nobody else heard. He was like, I hear it. This is dead. <laughs> and all I was like was like, uh-uh. All right. So that, uh, that ends side A. So if you're listening to this album on vinyl, flip the show over and kiss Fee's bald head. Here we go. So, guys, I will give you a very quick, funny little story. So we were going to the casino last night, get a little dinner, play some games. Uh, that's, that is an open roll karate on Saturday casino on friday and i'm going to play golf with ed and the boys tomorrow so i don't want to hear any shit about how i don't leave my fucking house first
2: of all back back to the bubble on monday yeah first
0: of
2: all (laughs) wait 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 how (laughs) long is karate uh hour okay how
3: long was dinner in the casino
0: uh like four hours
3: okay and how long is golf
0: (laughs) dave knows two hours it was two hours two hours (laughs) yep so (laughs) So Uh, i total (laughs) <laughs> oh god. yeah all right all right there was a weird guy walking around so we're eating in this restaurant and this guy walks by i go oh my god his pants are ripped from his like belt buckle all the way down to like the bend of his knee and i can see his fucking his hanes white underwear everything it's like weird dude so i go dylan did you see that she goes no so he sits down with his date and then he gets up I go, look, look 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 so he gets up and she's like oh my god i can see his entire fucking ass his underwear everything So I go, he must be leaving. He must have split his pants and he's leaving. Nope. We've seen him walking around the casino. But anyway. Did you see any gum? (laughs) No, I didn't see any gum. (laughs) He didn't didn't sit on any bubble gum? (laughs) No, no bubble gum. (laughs) Uh, So we're driving to the casino. I'm driving and my wife gets a text and she starts laughing. I go, what's that? What's so funny? She goes, nothing. I go, what's so funny? It's funny. You're laughing. I want to know what the fuck you're laughing at. She goes, well, I just got a, me- a, a message from Michelle, a text message, which is her best friend. She lives out in Florida. I go, Well, I'd like a chuckle. What does it say? She goes, uh, She reads it. It goes, I'm proud of you. You're a single parent doing a great job. <laughs> we don't have any kids. <laughs> we don't have any kids. She does. <laughs> that fucking bitch is talking about me. Yep. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> I'm proud of you, you're a single right. parent Did I did I tell gum. you guys the
3: story of the bubble gum?
0: No, go <laughs> I love
3: it Alright, so I'm doing this acoustic gig down in Plymouth Right on the waterfront And it's summertime The windows to our back are open to the street You know, like, people are just coming up And hanging out at the window behind us And the bar's packed And this dude Who looks like he's out of like an 80's Country rock um, like quasi trucker biker movie. Oh shit! But he's only like five foot one. Nice. uh sits down and has really short cut jean shorts on. <laughs> he sits down and spreads his legs right in front of me and the guitar player,
2: and I go, Gross. "Oh
3: my god!" I <laughs> I lean over to my guitar player and I go, "Hey." <laughs> Look, the dude sat on some gum. And and my guitar player looks at me and goes, what? And he looks over, and the guy's scrotum is hanging out the side of his (laughs) shorts, And he gets up, and it looks like he's sat in gum because it's just dangling there. It was the funniest thing
0: ever. And you know that he is a total psycho, and he knows his balls are exposed. Oh, of course he
3: does. Of course he does. It (laughs) was so disturbing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm out and my balls are out, it's done on purpose. <laughs>
3: so, so,
2: so Ed was was he sitting there like full spread eagle? Like he was
3: he was showing off you
2: guys? He, he was either <laughs> fucking with
3: us or really wanted to let us know
2: he was interested in us. Listen, we but like, couldn't
3: figure it out. Guys are Almost weird arms man.
2: crossed, locking eyes, oh yeah gum, judging us the whole entire thing.
3: entire time going, Go ahead, say something. Look, look at the gum I just sat in.
0: Listen, Love do you know how many it. times I've been in the steam room? It, the gym up from my house, you're in there, you got your towel on, you're sitting on the bench and some dude comes in, pulls the towel off completely naked. And then like lays down spread Eagle in front of you. You're like, okay, I'm done here. I mean, you can't, you can't go in the steam room without some dude laying down. Like he's fucking Rose and Titanic. And he's like, paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> fucking psycho, psycho uh dave fee anything happened to you interesting during the week that you would like to share on the flip oh the flip I, I like
2: that i can i can share a little a little quick quick thing oh so go ahead I, so i was walking down the hall a couple of weeks ago and uh i see this skinny looking kid you ever you ever see that movie what's the movie with the he teaches that super greasy skinny kid to fight you know by doing that you know the crazy eyes you know what i'm talking about no um <laughs> Well, this uh, either way, some fight movie, whatever. Super scrawny, skinny, tiny, greasy, pimple faced fucking kid walking down the hallway. No, (laughs) no, no, no. I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up and tell you guys. But, um, but yeah, this this tiny kid. He's got to be five foot one, eighty pounds if he's lucky. You know, like pimples, full on braces, and he's got this shirt on and it says "I heart milfs." Oh, fuck (laughs) you! And I just and I just walk up to the. I walk up to the kid and I was like, what's up, man? And he says, not much, not much, mister. That's what they all say, mister, mister. Oh, you know, you're shit. always mister. And, uh, and I was like, so you so you like MILFs, huh? And he goes, sure, it speaks for itself, sir. And just fucking turns and walks away. <laughs> and I was like, legend, this kid's amazing. Great dude, line. Dude, that's
0: fucking <laughs> no. amazing, dude. Yeah. That's, no. I love MILFs. So guys, I just sent you all a text message. Will you please view the text message quickly? <laughs> So this was the tile above my dentist chair when I was getting my procedure done yesterday. I noticed this stain on the, on the tile in the ceiling above my chair, right? So I say to the, uh, the dental technician, the one that I was ragging about her mom having fucking lupus, which she said she told her mom, and her mom's like, what an asshole. So I see this stain above the chair, and I go, hey, what does that look like to you? And she goes, I don't know what it looked like to you. I go, eternal turtle. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring my wife in. I go, hey, honey, come in here. She's of the waiting room. I go, what does that stain look like on the ceiling to you? She's like, she's like, it's so fucking inappropriate. Fucking if that you shut up and sit there. She leaves the room. Guys, what does that look like to you, Dave? Uh,
1: looks like blood from a murder victim up in the ceiling.
0: Okay, well, now we're or, doing a, wh- a war shock test, the, the or, ink blot in the psychiatrist's office. This, that, this whole thing just got way more interesting because that's not what it looks like, but now I know who you are. And or, I'm not or a the, you know, <laughs> I'm not spending the night at your house. Ed, <laughs> no. what did that look like to you?
3: Uh, that looks like a
2: bulbous head.
0: <laughs> did you see the big mushroom head?
2: Oh, yeah. All head, no shaft. Yep. Right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Till we get in the car on the way home. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? We're in a fucking dentist's office, and you're asking the fucking woman technician if she can see the fucking penis in the stain on the ceiling. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't do that in a dentist office. Oh, my God. The dentist came in. She's like, the, the, the lady goes, what do you see in that? I'm going, what do you see in that tile? The dentist is like, He's just shaking his head. He's like,
3: can we just move on with the procedure? And, oh, and just like that, this has come full circle to the original text that Delane got saying, you're such a wonderful single mother. Yes. And then, yep.
0: and then yep. the very next day after the penis on the tile thing, I send them a picture of a giant bite mark on my back. Like the <laughs> dentist office is going to be like, you can't come back. Two weeks ago you insulted my technician Saying her mother is like Stephen Hawkins Because she has lupus Today you're fucking telling us all to look at the penis On the fucking ceiling And then you send me a picture of A fucking domestic violence in your home Just fuck off Don't come back (laughs) All right, right, everybody Let's get back to this fucking uh, This album Uh, You know I have to tell you guys I am enjoying the flip side a lot more Now that you're all uh, contributing Okay Number six, turn around. Bright eyes. Okay. Uh, Again, I wish (laughs) they left out the over-affected drum intro. It makes the track feel dated in a bad way. Um, It didn't need to be there. But I get it. It was the flavor of the period. We've already been through this. When the track finally does kick in where it should kick in, again, it sounds great, really nice, simple acoustic guitar riff. We get more quality vocals with, again, nice lyrics. I, I like these lyrics. It was something to bite into. I, I was trying to figure out what he was saying. Kind of similar to the bonus track we're going to do, only I didn't like that. That was unhinged, not fun <laughs> for me. I've heard it before, but you no. Know. Um, yeah, uh, there's a nice section where the singer kicks it up a little bit, you know, where he starts like giving us some of that like rock vocal. And I really like that. I wish there was a little more of it on the album. Uh, The organ, really nice touch, okay? So take out all the shitty samples and all the smash mouth, wicka, wicka, wicka. Um, Take all that crap out and put in some fucking nice fucking organ and some strings and some fucking shakers and an egg and fucking a slap. Give me all that for trimming. And we're doing way better here. Okay? Um, I loved the outro, but it was completely fucking mauled by the scratching they put over it. They took this wonderful piece of music, this wonderful outro, and they molested it with fucking smash mouth scratching. And it just ruined it for me. Melted in front of my eyes. Dave, what do you got?
1: Yeah, acoustic mellow song. Seems a little generic. Uh, the second verse and chorus has all kinds of wacky guitar effects. Uh, I, I did not enjoy uh, The bridge is very loud and harsh. Uh, please quit yelling at me.
0: I like that. I like oh.
1: that. Oh, it's too much. It's it too much of a contrast. <laughs> like the, the song itself is not bad, but uh, guitar solo does the job. Uh, bass is nice and prominent during the quiet part. Uh, the end of the song is a mush of too much Pro Tools studio editing. Totally, though, on that part, it, it would have been so much better if it, you know, four guys in a room, you know, without all this bullshit. Yeah, just dude, like you totally. Said.
0: Well, five guys, you got to have the organ in there. Okay, uh, but it, but during that bridge, I I I liked it because the guy was just giving me something else. It was just another. Uh, it was another dish in the buffet. They were like, "Would you like to try this?" I'm like, "Yes, I would. Mm, that's tasty." And what do you got?
3: Uh, so I, see, I didn't think all those, like, scratches and stuff stood out that much. I heard them, but they didn't distract me from the greatness of what I think is the music, because I think the musicianship on this album is, is exceptional. Uh, but this song, I think it's another great song. I feel it has more depth than the previous songs, and the overall tone is just fantastic. Uh, I like the addition of an upfront keyboard and piano on this song. I think it really adds to what makes the song stand out. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, come on, man! It's like Mark McGrath, fucking Smash Mouth. It's all the worst bands of the <clears throat> time that used this sample, but and if- it's the same sample. Like they didn't even come
3: up with their own scratch sample. <clears throat> but it's it it took all the crappy parts of those bands, but made them good. Yes, like, no, I, it, it, yeah, it, no, I agree. Like, I wouldn't put these guys in the same conversation as those bands, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, the only reason they're in
0: the same conversation right now is because they took those bullshit fucking band aids that, that those bands used and put them on this great album where it didn't need to be. I do not want to hear a scratch in a song without fucking John. Don't do it. That's <laughs> oh, man. Fee, what do you got?
2: I'm- I'm with it on this. I really like this song a lot. I thought this was one of the better, like, slower, mellow songs on the album. The lyrics were really deep on this one. The organ feel great. And I felt that the piano ending, I I thought they were kind of trying to portray it as more like a record scrap, you know, like like you can hear the needle in the groove, you know? Oh,
0: that was definitely there. That was definitely there. It was very cool. But they also had the you're going to be a star smash mouth scratch over it a million times, (laughs) you know?
2: Either way, I really like this song.
0: Yeah, And I hate when they take a vocal and sample to like, you're going to be a star. It's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Okay. Um, yeah. You Speak My Language, track seven. Uh, so what I liked about this track is what I like about the album. It's got a lot of diversity. It's got a lot of different things for me to kind of pick through. And I kind of like them all. It's all over the place in a good way. I mean, there's, everything is in this. This is a 22-ingredient soup, and I'm like, mm, I like it. Um, what it lacks in a chorus hook, it makes up for with really good production on this song and a fun arrangement that I really enjoyed. Um, solid vocals, interesting lyrics, and I liked what he was doing vocally on this track. Again, the chorus is not a hit, but it is cool. With some tweaking, About seven more words. This chorus could have been really good. Dave, what do you got?
1: Yeah, we got a little darker feel here. Uh, The chorus abruptly jars into some fake metal. Uh, I (laughs) feel like there's not enough meat in these lyrics. It's the one thought over and over again. Uh, But this is not actually their song. It was by a Boston band who was loved by critics called Morphine. Uh, their mm-hmm. singer, who is also the writer of this song, uh, Mark Sandman, died of a heart attack in 1999 at 46 years old. Wow, that's uh, young. Yeah, I actually went back and listened to the Morphine version, and it's it's more cohesive than than this. I kind of <laughs> like way different
2: than that. this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's an, eh, yeah, it's okay, but yeah. So Ed. not their song.
0: <laughs> what do you got?
3: Uh, I love the guitar and drums that open the song. I think the drum beat is monstrous. It's really good. Uh, the distortion, of the vocals really adds seriousness to the story. Uh, then the song takes off and really changes. I think in a good way, uh, the flow to the song is like a freight train. It just moves and takes you on the ride that at times can be stressful and a bit frightening. Um, the song is definitely a bit too repetitive by the end of the song. It just, it makes you feel like the song is so much longer than three and a half minutes. Yeah. Like, I like there was still just under a minute left in the song. I'm like, Jesus, what's this like a five minute song? And I looked down and I go, Oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. Just, it needed more lyrics. Pete, what do you got on this one?
2: Uh, I felt they didn't, this one didn't need to be on the album. Personally, but, uh, I don't know. This is, this is one song. It definitely felt like, like last week we talked about the song that was like seven minutes that felt like it was three. This, this was a three minute that felt like it was seven to me. You know, I, I just, just okay. But, but not there. Like Dave, I listened to the morphine original song, very different. I kind of like it in a way it's, it's weird, you know, kind of what jazz fusion, whatever. Is that what that is, Dave?
1: I don't know. They, they were kind of doing their own thing. You know, there's some horns yeah. mixed in there. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. really sure what you'd call that.
2: But yeah, give them a side-by-side listen and uh, weird, very different.
0: Do you guys recall that kind of trendy thing that was going on around this time too? Like Mike Myers did it in that movie. I saw I Married an Axe Murder where these like hipster guys go into coffee houses and like – do poetry over, like, jazz music, like, yep. you know, Josephine. Oh, Josephine. Where are the, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, my God. I was trying to tell the Lynch, like, I don't remember that. I'm like, no, it was a thing. It was a thing.
3: Yeah, it was the same thing that was in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, 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 all yeah. All the yeah, beatnik yeah. stuff. Ugh. Right, but it was so Terrible. much gayer, like, in the 90s. Oh, yeah, because it, yeah, it was all people who were, like, jaded by, you know, yeah, yeah. my parents are rich. Yeah. But I feel like I shouldn't be. It's like, go fuck you know, yourself. fuck
0: yourself, you loser. Fucking hipster. You went out and bought fucking this super expensive outfit down and you know, <laughs> to do your little hipster coffee thing. Check um, out
3: my Timberlands that have never seen a day of fucking work. Holy shit. <laughs>
0: um, all right, number eight, perfect day. So when I saw that
3: Elton John was
0: on this track, I expected a really strong chorus. I'm like, we're going to get it. Here's where we're going to get it. No, it wasn't there. There was no strong chorus. Um, it's a really nice song, but um, it's a little short on words and ideas in the chorus. And here was my problem with this show, with this, Elton John, when he's singing, it makes the other guy sound like shit because it's fucking Elton John, and it, you cannot a b these two on the same fucking track because the other guy can't even hold Elton John's jockstrap when it comes to character like the uh the personality he's putting into this vocal Elton John it's masterwork this is masterwork and then the other guy tries to come in and do it and it's like nope you are now ruining a track because Elton should have sang the whole fucking thing and then there's also a moment on this track where Elton John starts playing piano and the track for a second is a fucking number 1 hit but unfortunately Elton John is only injected into this song twice and All it does is make me hate the rest of the song that much more, but it's a good song. Um, I wish All right, we'll get into it at the end. I have a a thought on this song. Dave, what do you got? All
1: right. Well, I'm kind of in a similar boat here. Uh, The song is fine. Pretty middle of the road. Uh, Elton John guests on verse two. And this, this is my notes that, that I wrote down beforehand. And as soon as he starts singing, it becomes elevated by a hundred times. This is a real singer. Fantastic piano solo by Sir Elton. Unfortunately, a little held back in the mix. What the fuck? You have Elton John (laughs) guesting on your song and you bury him? Turn him up as loud as possible, you fucks. (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. I don't get it. Yeah, the song was
0: got. They should have got like, they, they should have just been like, El, just play through the whole fucking thing and sing everything. Hallelujah.
3: Yeah. Ed, what do you got? <laughs> uh, this song almost feels like it was written to be a hit. Like they were trying too hard. Um, but I dig it. I like the song. It's a mid tempo groove with the flow that I just love. I actually like the lead vocals switching between Elton John and Ed. Uh, And I think the harmonies are great. Uh, The contrast, I think, between their two voices, I think, benefits the song. Uh, It has, (laughs) I think it actually has a vocal hook a little bit, and I like it. Not as big as I was hoping, but it's the most vocal hook on the entire album. Uh, Yeah, the piano solo is dope. And the rhythm behind it is gold. But yeah, the mix was a little funky on it. So
0: yeah, yeah. Dude, this is not Santana and Rob Thomas writing a fucking number one hit that's going to sing out all no. summer. That's This This band was not up to the task of doing a song with Elton John. The band failed, not Elton John. With a better band, like maybe Rob Thomas and all them, this could have been written up to be a number one hit in the summer. These guys were not up to the task. And well, I think, I think was. they were
3: trying the wrong direction. I think they should have thought old Elton John back when Elton had like a more of a rock side to him and stuck with that direction and given in a little on their sound yeah, to incorporate more of his sound. And they just didn't do it.
0: Yeah. Totally. You should have been playing through that entire fucking song. The greatest fucking pop piano players in of existence. You've got him for the day. You're like, we're going to give you like a, you know, six second solo and we're going to kind of put it in the back behind sir mix a lot and his scratches and uh we're give you one one verse
3: or maybe it was you know someone uh had pictures on elton john and they said listen okay you need to do something and elton's like all right here's the deal i'm going to give them 20 minutes and here it is dude that's
0: probably what happened that's probably what happened if i'm there's if i'm this band i'm not even using elton john on this i'm just gonna make it my own song because Elton just was like i'm so much better than you guys p
2: what do you got i you know i'm with you guys but i i i'm with ed though on this i think had they switched roles as in elton did ed's part and ed did elton's part i think it's the number one fucking song you know where he gets the perfect day chorus, all of that with Elton John singing that. Oh. I think it's more catchy, more hooky. There's more personality to it. I think it's the number one, number one track. Either way, it's a playlist for me. I love the fucking song. Think the problem good. with putting this
0: on the album, right, is that you forget how great. Like you forget what a singer with a ton of personality will add to an album, like Steven Tyler, yeah. Axl Rose. Take Axl to leave him ton of personality you realize how wonderbred this singer is he's good he can sing but there's not a lot of personality in his voice and when you start a being it with a guy a man that can spin a tail like elton john you're doing yourself an injustice because i'm like hmm i don't know where we're going from here but i hope elton's gonna be with us (laughs) (laughs) okay um track number nine after all uh so this song had some cool lyrics. For me, maybe some of the best on the album. Um, he was so close on this chorus. So close. I could, I could taste the number one hit here. You know, I was like, almost. Um, but he couldn't quite get it to that, as few would say, earworm level. But it was close. And I loved the descending guitar riff. This is as close to a hit song as they had on the album, in my opinion. Dave, what do you think?
1: Uh, The song is all right. Uh, It's pretty forgettable for me. Nothing really stood out. Uh, (laughs) The guitar solo was severely phoned in, Uh, but the uh, Leslie effect guitar at the end was fun. The uh, rotating speaker sounding guitar.
0: Nice. Ed, what do you got on this one?
3: Uh, This is another mid-tempo gem for me. Uh, There's a beautiful sounding acoustic guitar but not in a traditional way. It sounds almost like it's layered with a clean electric guitar in this deep, deep bass tone that just fills your ears with this wonderfully emotional sound. Uh, I totally dug that whole beginning of this, uh, something about the song really connected with me structurally and tonally. Uh, I feel the song is pulling emotion, like some deep stuff out of me. And it made me feel like, okay, this is real potential for something here. Uh, I loved the clean guitar sound during the solo with the massive layers of vocal harmonies. It just sells a song for me. Uh, and Dave, please correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> the song closing out, what were those descending arpeggios? I mean, or were they just more of a almost chromatic scale type almost thing? It felt chromatic to me. At the end? Yeah. Um... there was a guitar. The guitar is playing like it, it sounded, it didn't sound like a complete scale. It sounded more like, like just, Arpeggios to me. No,
0: that, that was the, yeah, the that yeah. descending guitar riff
1: you're yeah, talking about.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
1: outlining chords. So, yeah, yeah so yeah, so yeah. so,
3: yeah. I thought it was gorgeous. I liked the way it yeah, worked. I felt it didn't step on anything and it added some nice color. So, I, I really liked it.
0: Yeah. I, but this song in particular was one that I felt like the music was making me feel some melancholy, some goodness, but the singer was not bringing that out of me where I'm like getting sad because his,
3: you know, his personality is not
0: telling the story the way I need that story
3: to write. Yeah. But like I, like I've always said, I'm more of a music. The music is what connects with me more than the lyrics. So that's why I think I I got more of a an emotional connection to this. I, I liked it a lot.
0: Like a song like Season of Weather, like if that's not Steven Tyler, that song is not moving me the way it does. Like oh, you right. put, yeah, I mean, yeah, God. You put a stiff singer in that and sing the exact same thing, and it's like, eh, okay. You know. Uh, feet, what do you got?
2: Well, you'll no- you'll notice that none of us replace Steven Tyler with Ed Roland from fucking Collective Soul. <laughs> <laughs> <in> <laughs> Harrison, <laughs> you know? Oh um, shit. But no, I didn't have much to say on this one. My only note was not, not much to say. It was just an okay song, like very listenable, listenable, you know, easy to listen to.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's as close to a hit as I heard on this album, I think. Uh, Number (laughs) 10. So this one over Tokyo, this felt like a movie soundtrack to me and I love movie soundtracks. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was cool. I love the subject matter of the lyrics. I mean, it's not a hit single in any um, fucking stretch of the imagination. But it's just cool. It was a fun track. I, I enjoyed it. So this would be one I would probably put on. I was just like sitting around chewing a gum. You know, I was like, "I hey, want what that Blade Runner feel like? Let's do over Tokyo. Dave, what do you got? Tune in Tokyo.
1: Yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, the guitar in verse two is really a lot. Uh, the breakdown is not doing it for me. Uh, I, the lyrics, you know, seemed uh, Okay. But I thought they overused the distorted backup
3: vocals that go along with the chorus.
0: Okay. And Ed, what do you got?
3: Yeah, I feel the song is just out of sync with the previous tracks. Uh, there are some positives to the song, you know, and it starts with this distorted synth bass. I really like the tone, uh, it's really perfect for the song. The electronic sounds and the guitar rhythms, I think, are really well done. But I think it's the lyrics that just really fail the song. The more I listen to it, the more I like the music, but not the lyrics.
0: And Pete, what do you got on it?
2: Yeah, just listening at this point, like it's an okay song, you know, average at best. But um, I I wasn't really feeling it. I I think for me, we just had, you know, back to back to back kind of like mid to slow tracks and I need something to build that energy again. You know? So yeah. I felt like track placement, it, it, it probably lowered this a bit for me, but just, just okay.
0: I thought the track could have been a little bit shorter and could have been an intro to another song or an outro to another song. Cause like I said, it just had that kind of movie track feel. Uh, and mm-hmm. this will bring us to the end of the album. Track number 11 happens, happens with two P's. Fee, why does it need two P's? Why isn't one P enough? happiness What is that what it's called happiness?
2: Yeah. This yes. song is
0: called happiness?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, I thought it was called happens with two p's. Is there two p's yes. in the word happens? Yes. Oh, okay. Why are there two p's in the word happens? Why do you need two?
2: Huh. Oh, two syllables. You don't, you're an English A- teacher. You don't A- know why you
0: need two p's. It's
2: confusing it's to me. Just he didn't invent it. fucking if you it's take out you one know... the, it controls the vowel in front of it. So H a p p e n would be hap pen, you know, two two syllables. H a p e would be
0: I Take out a p. I think I think one p. The, is, a.
2: the a turns from short to long, so
0: yeah. one p is plenty. We just need one p. Yeah. Uh, so track eleven, happiness. I love the guitar in this song. Uh, it's a weird rocker with some bizarre breaks. Oh man, that one break just. Fucking sucked. I hated it. Um, it's not sure what it's doing, but it works. And I thought it was a cool ending to the album. Because like V said, we had just gone through this kind of lullaby. And it brings you out with a little bit of uh, spark. A little spunk. So it's okay. Dave, what do you got?
1: Well, I, uh, in contrast to you, am not a fan of this guitar sound. <laughs> There's way okay. too many effects here.
0: I'm well, not a fan. Let's not go for that okay.
1: far. Okay um I am yeah <laughs> a weird break before the guitar solo uh, hated it yeah too many effects and and the solo was cut in half of what it should have been because yeah. it, it should have been longer but yeah yeah some somebody went crazy on their uh line six guitar pedal
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> I love it Ed what do you got
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i agree that this definitely A weird thing but uh like fee said after the previous songs on this side of the album wow it's a great kick-ass riff and it just it takes names and i love it however it is a super weird song uh it's super dirty with the production and it's not something i'm usually a fan of but I feel the tones, the great ripping riff, and the use of electronic instrumentation serve the song well. And just they end with something that's completely different, but also their sound. It's it's almost like they just said, "Okay, yeah." Like I think it was what Dave just said. They just went crazy with their effects and go, "Let's just friggin' see what we can do." Uh, but I thought it was a decent ending song. Uh, you know, not my favorite, not my least favorite either so good fee glasses prescription
0: or walmart
2: prescription
0: dave prescription or walmart
2: prescription
0: yeah i'm walmart over here fucking low minor class prescription bitch.
3: As well i'm just not
2: wearing them <laughs> low class
0: bitch all right guys uh so that wraps up the- oh i'm sorry fee, did you like the last song my bad
2: i love the last song i, oh, I love the okay? energy of Rings. Talk yeah. about it brings yeah like i I think it's a great way to close an album. How many times will we talk about the last track on an album? Being like, you ended it with this. Yep. This is what you yeah. want to leave us with? Absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. I hear this song, I'm like, give me the fucking next album now. Right now. You know? If this right. is what you're gonna bring me, I want it. More tons of it, please.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good closer. I thought it took you out with a little bit of a pop.
2: Oh, <laughs> a little bit All of right. energy. So
0: that's it. We have done the collective souls blender. A complicated album, lots to talk about, and I think we did it justice. So, now it is time to release
1: the bonus track.
0: (laughs) It never gets old. Uh, This week's bonus track was requested by one Doug Heffernan of the Queens area. He writes, I'd love to hear you guys review The Soft Parade by The Doors. So that's just what we're going to do. Uh, It's a Doors song, so of course I can't hate it, but it's one of those Jim Morrison rant songs that sometimes I love when he does this, and other times, like on this track, I could take it or leave it, and I definitely could leave it here. This song is crippled by its 8.35 second runtime and Jim Morrison's unhinged, repetitive rants Um, it also made up for like the song itself is made up of like 10 different ideas for 10 different songs that they never finished. All of the ideas are fine, but together as one body of music, it's fucking gross. It goes on way too long. It's a bad buffet. I want out. It's pushing 46.5 Watts. (laughs) Dave, what do you got?
1: Yep. Sorry. We're just writing that score down. Uh, I, I've heard this one before. I remember hearing this uh, rap on the radio. Welcome to the Church of Jim. Uh, strings yeah. under the verse uh, and then the harpsichord coming in is kind of creepy. But then, oh, no, what is this lounge disco bullshit? <laughs> they ruined it. What, what could have been a cool <laughs> song. <laughs> and and then we're just gonna go on this journey it sounds like a tv theme song it, it goes all over the place um back to a spaced out drum heavy feel uh, which which at this point i got uh, it may have had some or a lot of influence on the alice cooper band uh they were listening to this for sure absolutely um, what, what the hell is Jim singing about? I, I don't know. Um, oh. Then we have this multi-tracked vocals at the end, you know, give it a completely unhinged feeling and then it ends. It, it takes you on a journey. Uh, I didn't hate it, but yeah, they, they could have really, uh, uh, you know, ma- made it a little more succinct and uh, you know, maybe not had so many different parts. My score is 57.
0: Nice. I felt like it was like one of those little discs you'd send to like an A&R guy. Like here's 20, here's five seconds of like 20 ideas we have. Yeah. Sampler. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck what?
3: Ed, what do you got? <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Fucking kill me now. I am not a fan of this type of door songs. Mm-hmm. I loathe songs like this. Also <laughs> slow door songs. Just make me want to jerk the steering wheel into a pole. They had the most depressing fucking <laughs> things on the planet. I, oh, to be honest, I also have a bias against Adora's because they have some seriously great bass lines, yet they didn't have a bass player, and that right? just pisses me off. Me too. Oh, drives me up a wall. The main music groove is very disco-esque. It has a great bass line, and that's obviously the meat and bones of this song. However, this song is too trippy for me. And I'm seriously struggling to listen to the entire thing. Too much spoken word. Too much bullshit. Just too much everything I don't like about the doors. I gave the song 35 Watts.
0: Yeah, it sucked. And I was fucking, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I scanned (laughs) through a lot of it. I just, I couldn't, man. I couldn't. I didn't have nine minutes of my life to give to this song. I had about six minutes to give. So that's about what I listened to. But I did skip around. So I heard enough from all of it. Fuck this song. Pete, <laughs> what do you got?
2: Very, very disappointing. Thank um, you. No. I love this fucking song. And this oh, is the would. best and the worst and the worst part of the doors, you know, and Morrison and his fucked up life, you know? So if you follow it, if you've read about it, you've seen the movies, like, you know, like he's a not so complicated, complicated guy, if that makes sense. It does. Um, Thanks to drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs will do that shit to you. But, uh. Like, it, I'll just read through my notes. Like, I'd like it more if it started without the spoken word in part one. And then I'd like it even more without part two with just the, like, keyboard or a xylophone or whatever's fucking going on there. But then the third part of the song comes in, and I love the, like, rhyming breakdown so good. And Dave, you talk about the disco lounge, like, they tell you, man, this is the best part of the trip right here. This is it. This <laughs> oh, is the shit. best part. Um, and it is the fucking best part. This part is so good. So good. This is the best of the doors right here. Um, I don't
3: recall you ever being into psychedelics much.
2: No, not into psychedelics much, but I like the I don't know. I like idea. the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then you know, all that outro stuff. I don't know, so good. Like I get into it. As that song, this song just builds and builds and builds and builds on energy. I love it. I gave it 80 watts. Eighty, holy
0: shit, Fee! I agree. There are some really bright spots in this song that I heard, but it's not a song. And I am also a huge Doors fan. I mean, Riders of the storm, Riders on the storm, so many great songs. Really, really enjoy it when they're when they're firing on all cylinders. But this wasn't it. Um, Ed, Fair enough. How many watts is this pushing with fees? Ridiculous, eighty watts. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. But hey, to each their own. Yes. Uh, All right, so this uh, dredge of a tour song is pushing a very average 54.62 watts.
0: Yeah, it's below average. Dave, where does that land on the breaking vinyl? Wall of Fame for Doug Effernan.
1: Yes, I, I have heard as a side note uh, that uh, this this song is best experienced within the context of the album overall. Uh, hmm. but you know, I didn't have that kind of time. Uh, so we are at, with the doors, soft parade, number 21 on the bonus track chart under Asia's time again, and <laughs> above "Hailstorms." here to us. Here's to us.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> there's, there's no Asia way. Keeps to... moving up. Look at Asia song, man. I would, <laughs> I don't know which one. I don't want to listen to either one. Maybe I'd rather listen to Asia than this again. I don't
3: know. I don't know. Yeah, at least I think the musicianship in the Asia <laughs> better than this. I don't know.
0: All right. Um, let's do favorite song, song we cut, and then we'll replace a couple of musicians. Uh, my favorite song, I think, was After All. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very nice. I'd, I would cut Perfect Day only because I'd like to hear what Elton John would do with it on one of his albums. If he finished writing it, sang and performed the entire thing with a better band. think it would be a fucking really great song Uh, I would remove Ross Childress on guitar and I would replace him with one Dave Navarro on guitar who I think could give us the same performance but with way more tasty licks and a much better guitar sound so there it is that's what I got Dave what do you got
1: All right. favorite track is why part two Uh, I just kind of like that one the best and I would cut, uh, I don't know, all of them, big <laughs> one, oh, um, I, I get toast. <laughs> and okay, so if I have to replace one member of the band, I'm going with Ed Roland. I feel like these guys want to rock out, and he's pulling the boss card and making them do this bullshit. So I'm going to stick with the aesthetic of the album cover and nominate Joy Fatone as the new lead singer and band leader. Holy shit! collecting
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh my god, that is so absurd. I love it. Uh, I would like to also put Perry Farrell on this album and take Ed off. So I'm going to put Jane. I'm going to turn this into Jane's Addiction. Just make Jane's Addiction play go? this album yes jane's addiction it yeah. would
3: be such an improvement on jane's addiction part two okay <laughs> all right uh, my favorite track i was torn i have both vent and boast but if i had to pick one i'd probably go with vent um i just like the dance beat of it i don't know for some reason i just kind of it, it flows really well i think uh the track i would cut would be over tokyo i just found that song to feel like a filler and more of Uneventful. Just it, it. did nothing for me. I had to like dig to find good things to say about it. Uh, if I'd replace one member of the band, I I did a couple different routes. So <clears throat> if I I would like to add a songwriter to the band,
2: oh, and that would too. be George
3: Harrison. Okay. Okay. If I had to replace one person, I would replace Ed Roland with David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not it's safe Fuck. and if if i had to if i wanted to just add another musician i would add ray davies just to add more fucked up anger into this fucking so shit. we've got george
0: harrison fucking david bowie and ray davies i'd rather listen to that album what's that album? <laughs> give me that yeah. album okay it's a great album <laughs> some strong songwriting and some strong lyrics
3: yeah no some shit strong right
0: vocals <laughs> holy shit all right um sophie what do you got
2: yeah ed i like where you went with that not bad i like where all you guys went with that i think it's pretty pretty creative for me i thought this was easy and it was something i said years ago but my favorite is why part two uh you can cut you speak my language didn't really do a lot for me um and i would replace all of the the singing with Elton John, like we heard what he can do with them. Why not have him do the whole fucking album? Like, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm with you on that. It'd be interesting.
0: All right. Let's do some final thoughts. Give it some scores and put this bitch to bed. So for me, this album is definitely dated to the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, it has way too many samples, literally zero hit single worthy choruses, But with that being said, it was a very easy listen for me with a ton of variety and great production. Um, There weren't uh, any hit singles, but there were a bunch of quality top 20 singles, top 25 singles in there with potential. The album is way better than average for the year it came out. I mean, you know, being surrounded with bands like I had mentioned that they were competing with Smash Mouth, um, you know, Mark McGrath, stuff like that—it's much better. So for me, it's pushing 67.7 watts. That's my score. Dave, what do you got?
1: Well, I I was not uh, a fan of this album. Uh, too much studio oh, clearly. editing. Clearly, uh, Sorry. Uh, random sounds. Uh, too much effects on the instruments. I'm not sure what they were trying to do here. It's not poppy enough to be pop. And it's way too polished for rock. If they had went with the cover, uh, what the cover looks like and went, you know the boy band pop uh, direction. At least there'd be some fun, catchy songs. But I can't remember any of these songs. Uh, my score is thirty-five.
0: Right, thirty-five. Holy shit! Yeah. This isn't a thirty-five. This is higher 35. than I
2: thought it was going to be. <laughs> Holy shit! I, I mean, be.
0: this is that. Well, I mean, but listen to Fee with Dogs" the more. It just shows you how we hear everything so different. Because that should have been like a ninety.
2: Sure. Uh- <laughs> Oh
3: my
0: God! No. Out, of, out of a
2: thousand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How come it never rains is better than any song on this album.
2: No. Any song. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuck no. Any vocal on this album has got more personality than any vocal on this album. Ed, go ahead. We're not talking about that album. We're
3: talking about this album. All right. But I need to follow up with the dogs to more right. shit that I had to pick up with the doggy fucking poop bag. It, it's just oh my god it's fucking that would be better than the Dogs to More album
0: you're 100% wrong what do you got on this
3: album <laughs> uh, so this album honestly yeah it's it's weird cause it's it's not memorable it does there's nothing that really sticks out and jumps at you but I couldn't stop listening to the album like I said I've never listened to an album that we've picked more times in a week than this album uh, maybe it's because it's the first one that I've never heard that I really just enjoyed for the sake of enjoyment and not sit there and go, oh, there, there's, there's no hits, there's no bad songs, they're just good songs. And I realized, I think I would take an album of good songs versus an album with a bunch of crappy songs, but it has one or two hit singles on it uh and for that i gave this an 80.2 oh
0: fuck this is no 80
3: all right finish the crime v finish the crime, <laughs> <laughs> no
0: crime.
3: Des, even you said all these songs were good they're yeah. just not great so yeah, not, an it's an album it's not. full of good songs yeah, this is
0: above average, high 60s, low 70s. This is, 80, this this is I, not an 80s song. See, I think, it's, I think it's a high 70s, low 80s
3: song. Uh, no,
0: album. if this was a pizza, yeah. it would be okay. I, I could find it in Massachusetts. I'm not going to Connecticut for this. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously, I like this album. I've been listening to it for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I was surprised at my score on this because... I, I thought it was going to come in uh, a bit lower, but I enjoyed it more throughout the week. Like I enjoyed more of the mellow and mid-tempo stuff that they that they did throughout the week. So uh, I, I I was torn between should I really go super high or should I really just like, you know, and, and I split the difference from where I wanted to go and I went with an 80 even. 80? Rookie score, where did you want to go? Well... At at first, I figured this was going to be around like a 70 tops album. And then the more I listened to it, I'm like, man, this could be like an 85 album to me. (laughs) And then uh, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I listen to it a lot. I'm going to continue to listen to it a lot.
0: I will never listen to this album again. Not one song except maybe over Tokyo. I might revisit that because I I enjoyed it. But other than that, this album now is, um, is dead to me. Ed, what is the I love score? That,
3: I love that you your the out the one song you listen to is the one song I would cut.
0: Of course, <laughs> um, at fifty three, I can't I can't give any more of my remaining minutes to this album. It's fine, but there's other stuff I need to listen to with the remaining time I have on this earth. Ed, what is the score? How many watts is this fucking album pushing?
3: Uh, I think this album's pushing a little low, but. Right where it should be. Uh, This album is pushing a solid, just above average, 65.72 watts. Dude, it was almost my watt
0: score. That is exactly where this album belongs. Exactly. Justice has been served. Dave, where does that put it on the Breaking Vinyl charts?
1: Yeah, that puts it at number 29, just under Jane's Addiction's Nothing Shocking. Yeah. Ooh! And just ooh! over White Snakes Saints and Sinners.
0: Fee, how does that feel? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Take that. Jane's Addiction from the backside.
2: Nothing Shocking. I didn't get to review Jane's Addiction Thank God. He
3: didn't get to review it. And let's see, what Groundhog Day score did you give Jane's Addiction, Desk? Not a high enough right. one. It should have been 100. See, <laughs> I think you need to go revisit that album.
0: All right, guys, let's uh, wrap this up. So I do have next week's pick, and I did put it out to our listeners that if I saw something that I thought would be fun for the show, that I would take their opinion. So we got two um, suggestions. One was from Seamus. He had a Tool album that was literally unlistenable and would have made a terrible <laughs> conversation So sorry uh seem uh Seamus that is not gonna be done we're not doing that um the other one came from Artie um the one that called me Joe Dirt thank you and he suggested that we do Lincoln Park hybrid theory and I <laughs> Dave just died Dave just died I'm, I'm gonna be sick next shit. week
1: I'm calling <laughs> out now.
0: They've just died. So, um, never been a big Lincoln Park fan, but also never been a big detractor. Just not sure. Like from what I've heard, yeah, they do the weird thing with the with the guy who raps, which I don't like. I don't like the DJ guy. Nope. <laughs> wish, yeah, wish, <laughs> wish that guy wasn't there. But I think that uh, Chester. Uh, Cumberbatch (laughs) probably has a pretty good voice. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking forward to listening to this one. I, I glanced at the, uh, at the song selection on the album and it looked like there were a lot of hits that I had heard. And I know that this album is super popular. So I know that our listeners will all be able to follow along very easily with the discussion. So after Marvin Gaye and this back to back, I figure I'll give someone something they've heard before, so there it is. Lincoln Park, Hybrid Theory. There you go, Artie.
2: Um, uh, so on on other news, uh, Jane's Addiction and Collective Soul will be moving up the charts next week, probably. <laughs> um, I don't
0: know. Yeah. I, I, listen, guys, go into this open-minded. That's what this is all about. Maybe it's oh, not yeah. as bad as you remember it. Might be good.
2: No, I never, uh, I never heard it before. Hate you.
0: You've never heard. Ed loves this album.
3: No, I've never heard the album. I just know the hits that are on it. Yes. And I like them. Same. And Dave,
0: have you listened to this album?
3: I've I've only heard the hits.
0: (laughs) Dave hates it. Okay. Uh, This week on Hey, Did You Ever See That Movie? We will be watching and reviewing Grandma's Boy. So uh, this episode, we've all vowed to not do any notes or homework and just take a bunch of gummies and just fucking make fart noises. I don't know. So tune in and enjoy that. Uh, Until next week, thanks for joining the show, guys. Take the albums out of the sleeve and let the music breathe.
2: See you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Later.